You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in a sunny Santa Monica where we have another beautiful day here in the heart of Silicon Beach. Um, we got a special show for you today. Um, we're we're going to be covering, uh, this is going to be our special travels uh, edition. And um, there's been a lot of travel news uh, around us. Um, you've probably read about the Justice Department challenging the USA um, U.S. Air and um, American Airlines merger, and uh, under any it's antitrust authority, and, um, and unfortunately, there's a, a additional travel news today. There's been a crash of a, what apparently is a UPS plane um, just outside the airport in Birmingham, and I think there's a couple killed in that. Um, today's also a big day in the news. Um, we have it's the 78th anniversary of Social Security. The 73rd anniversary of the Japanese surrender in World War II. Um, the 33rd anniversary of when Lech Walesa led the, uh, the, the momentous strike at the Gdansk shipyard um, in Poland that um, rocked that country and, and really started to um, shake the, um, the foundation of the Iron Curtain at that time. And... Um, and a little less significantly, but more more locally, is um, 38 years ago today, Rocky Horror Picture Show opened here out in uh, Westwood, California, and, and surprisingly is still playing today. And much to the, I guess, amusement of its its, its cast, including Susan Sarandon and Tim Curry. Um, so it's just a, a jump to the left, I guess, but. Um, and also, there's a you wouldn't believe the number of people have birthdays today. But one of them is someone we're very happy every year to report his birthday, and that is Magic Johnson. Um, he turns 54 today, and even as a Celtic fan, I can um, appreciate um, being able to say that. So, um, and unfortunately, there's other news in um, in the world. There's a, a major mayhem going on, and in the streets in Egypt and um, Cairo, as there was a crackdown. Um, political dissent there, and um, right now apparently there's a, a state of emergency has been declared. A couple of journalists have been killed. Some even some political figures, um, families of political figures, were killed in the in the the mayhem that's been going on over there. So um, our, our our hopes and our prayers to all those who are affected, and and hope that um, calm can be restored. Um, but 
And then in addition, just, just came over to the wire that um, Jesse Jackson Jr., the former congressman from Chicago, um, was sentenced to 30 months in prison. Um, so um, for taking money from his campaign, I believe was the charge. And that, that just came in over the wire. So we have a, um, a, a busy show for you today. We're going to start off. Um, well, first, I want to do a shout out to our very, very frequent guest, Dan Tyden. And um, he ran a great story on um, IT World um, last week on um, what to do, basically, when your Twitter profile has been hijacked by a whack job. Um, and um, he actually had had someone doing that. Um, to one of his Twitter handles, and uh, and it just so happened that I had been as well, and um, and and so Dan uh, did a good job highlighting that problem, and uh, and actually even got some colorful responses from um, the the whack job mentioned in the piece. But uh, it was a great piece, and I want to thank Dan for um, highlighting the issue. Um, in my case, Twitter actually uh, eventually took the uh, the, the countdown. Um, it took 419 tweets before they, they took them down, but eventually, um, they, they do have certain standards regarding um, accounts that are purely designed or primarily designed for harassment, and they determined apparently that this was one of them. So, um, but uh, we're going to move on to other news, and um, before we get into our travel segment. Um, there's some some major developments going on in cyber law. Um, so the uh, the travel stuff's so more on the business side, of course, and um, not, notwithstanding the Justice Department actions with American Airlines. But um, we want to talk a little bit about uh, President Obama spoke Friday on the um, the NSA um, controversy over surveillance, and um, I think we may have a clip from his press conference on Friday. Do you have that? Keep in mind that as a senator, I expressed a healthy skepticism about these programs. And as president, I've taken steps to make sure that they have strong oversight by all three branches of government and clear safeguards to prevent abuse and protect the rights of the American people. Given the history of abuse by governments, it's right to ask questions about surveillance, particularly as technology is reshaping every aspect of our lives. I'm also mindful of how these issues are viewed overseas because American leadership around the world depends upon the example of American democracy and American openness. Because what makes us different from other countries is not simply our ability to secure our nation, it's the way we do it, with open debate and democratic process. In other words, it's not enough for me as president to have confidence in these programs. The American people need to have confidence in them as well. And that's why over the last few weeks I've consulted members of Congress who come at this issue from many different perspectives. I've asked the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board to review where our counterterrorism efforts and our values come into tension. Uh, And I directed my national security team to be more transparent and to pursue reforms of our laws and practices. And so today I'd like to discuss four specific steps, not all inclusive, but some specific steps that we're going to be taking very shortly to move the debate forward. And so the president then proceeded to outline some of the steps that he will be taking. And it's a, he makes an important point. Um, the key here at this point is that the people feel confident about the reforms or the measures being taken going forward. And um, some of the early polling 
um, shows a very low level of trust um, in terms of what will happen ultimately in, at the end of this process, and uh, it, which is telling because historically uh, the president has had um, higher poll numbers in trust on foreign affairs than domestic matters. And, and granted, this is somewhat of a hybrid. You know, it's a national security issue, but it, you know, it's, people are upset to the extent that it involves you know domestic surveillance. And so, uh, I'm not sure if the analogy entirely works, but. Um, you know, the fact that some of the polling has been very low in terms of the, the confidence people have in, in getting this resolved or in, in having trust that the, the NSA will, will actually operate as it, as within dictates of the Constitution and whatever reforms may get enacted um, is definitely a concern um, that the president should have. And um, in addition, um, the president has a political issue here as well. Um, he has, you know, this is going to be a very um, important midterm election. Um, the, the Senate could swing either way, and the Democrats hope that they could have a shot at getting back the House, although that may be unlikely just because of some of the redistricting that happened at the, you know, in the 2010. But, um, you know, for them to, and Obama to actually be successful in the second part of his second term, um, he needs to have you know, both houses, and in order for the second term not to be a total disaster, um, or you know, at least prevent it from being one, you know, he can't have both houses of Congress be Republican. And so, um, but he his concern though, and usually Democrats lose um, when the, the times they have lost in midterm elections is when their base is, is demoralized and they don't turn out. Um, Clinton in 1994, women turnout dropped precipitously. And um, and so you had a big drop in their turnout, which helped um, the Republicans regain Congress in both houses and then for the first time in <coughs> some 40 years. And so that was a big development. And so here, um, this is an issue where Obama has alienated um, both conservatives and a, a portion of his base. And um, and so he needs to write this issue Um because he needs to get these people back on his camp. And, um, and so that's a challenge for him. Now, um, the, re- the reform process is, is also is something that, you know, I'm not going to get into too much of the specifics of it, but, you know, I do think having a panel um, come in to evaluate it on, a, on an expedited basis is a good idea. Now, there's rumors that, um, you know, about some of the people who may be selected to be part of the panel who have, that actually may be part of the problem. Um, I'm hearing conflicting stories on that. But I think having an outside panel has value, and here's why. Right now, um, confidence in Congress is at an all-time low. And so to the extent that you do, having an outside opinion say, um, you know, these measures make sense or you know, we've, we've, we've made these improvements – and the one thing about um, an outside panel is usually there's even some dissent. And so you will get a variety of viewpoints, um, but you won't get the, the kind of gamesmanship that we see now all too often on Capitol Hill. And, um, and you won't just get stalemate and uh, um, people using this to you know, either set up political scores or set up a future fight. And, um, and so I, I think setting up a, a review is an important element that I think uh, you know the president should do, and um, and I'm glad he, he did that. 
Um, and I think making this process more, um, you know, more accountable and, um, and more transparent is important. It's it, but it is hard to do. And so, I mean, a speech is one thing. We'll have to see what happens, but it's a very important element of, um, you know, restoring trust in this process. And, you know, this has driven a lot of activity um, elsewhere on the internet in terms of privacy. You know, it's had huge ripple effects on both in terms of consumer privacy. It's also had effects on in terms of how our allies view um, U.S. the U.S. e-commerce, U.S. internet sites. Um, you know, and basically there have been some statements from the um, some ministers in Germany that U.S. sites should be avoided or that um, U.S. sites should be subject to European law in certain cases. And so, you know, that is, we're still playing with the consequences of all this. And so it's important, you know, one, from a political point of view, for Obama to, you know, right this ship. But it's also important that, you know, basically there be restored confidence in um, the security and the, the, um, the viability of our internet system here. And um, you know this this does have an impact, and you don't want people to be afraid. Um, so I, I think this, this is a good first step. I think a lot of people are, are somewhat displeased with um, some of the, that maybe didn't go far enough. Um, you know, my view is well, let's let's see where we go. I know um, the reforms will have to be enacted by Congress, and there are some who are pushing for um, you know for additional measures, such as um, Senator Wyden and um, from Oregon, who's been very vocal on this issue. But we also have learned you know, through this process that you know the um, NSA has used some of this authority to actually you know intercept a, a number. Um, and disrupt, intercept and disrupt a number of you know potential plots, and uh, and that's very that's that's critical. And so um, we we want security, but we want um, security in an American way, in a way that we can be proud of. And I think that was something Obama was trying to communicate that um, it's important that we do what we do um, in a way that you know, allows us to still hold our head high abroad. And um, because that's what that's what we that's a big element of our foreign policy is, you know, we lead by example. And it's important that we restore that perception that we're doing that here. So um, I, I, I applaud the president for making the measures. Um, I'm still waiting to see what exactly does come of it. And I know there's some controversy over some of the uh, the legal justification that has been offered for the program to date. But um you know, we're, we're moving forward. I mean, a month ago, we were talking about, um, you know, the justification was contained in a FISA opinion um, that was classified. <laughs> and so, um, well, well, thanks for share, not sharing that information. Um, and, and I'm supposed to just trust you with it. Um, the other thing is that it's it seems that we, no matter who's in office, they always repeat the same mistake. And that is any time that the, a story like this unfolds, um, they think they can control it, and th- th- it's never been the case. Whether it was President Nixon or whether it was the Clintons trying to control the evolving whitewater um, issue, um, they can they can you know, control how much information is released. If any time it is perceived that you're not giving everything, um, there will be perception that you're withholding something, and and there will be uh, a perception that that something 
is for a reason which is not necessarily good. And, and so that's what happened with the Clintons. The whitewater, it just, it just cascaded um, beyond their control until ultimately everything that they, um, what, what they wanted to achieve was the opposite occurred. They prolonged the crisis. And, uh, and I think Obama had the same problem here. I think, you know, this conference, conf, you know, press conference could have been held several weeks ago. And, um, and so let's cut him. And also by cutting, cutting it short, um, he would have had maybe you know, seen um, more credible on the issue. I think there are a lot of people here who doubt um, his intentions on this issue just because of the way the story evolved. And so, but it's important that now he, you know, he's gained control of the narrative and um, let's see where it goes. And, um, but it is, it, we have to understand that this is very important for e-commerce because it will have ripple effects. And um, so um, I think we're going to keep following this, but um, I think it's a, it's a good start. And um, But we'll have to see what comes next. And the, the important part, though, is what Obama said. It's not important what he thinks. It's important that um, the American people feel comfortable. And there is one other consideration. It's important that my producer feel comfortable. And so for that reason, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, you'll have Cyberlaw Business Report right here at Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at page1power.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Weapons of mass marketing. On demand anytime inside the internet marketing channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. And um, we're talking some about it's a little bit of a news update before jumping into our um, travel segment. And uh, we um, one big bit of, a bit of news that is um, is happening was that the um, a former senator from um, state senator in California, a guy named Steve Peace, who um, actually has had a, you know somewhat of a, a distinguished career in the in the legislature in California, he was responsible for creating the Office of um, Privacy Protection um, in the um, Consumer Protection Division in California, and um, and so um, he um, has recently produced. He's trying to go through the process of having an initiative on the California ballot. And the initiative is being called is called the California Personal Privacy Protection Act. And it would be it's designed to detect um, the personal um, identifiable information of uh, California users and to ensure that um, you know it is not shared with anyone without the consumer's consent. Now, um, it's being offered as a constitutional amendment and uh, through the initiative process. Um, the legislation is relatively brief, um, a matter of just of a couple hundred words. And if, we, if it was enacted, it would be on the ballot next November. And if enacted, there would only be uh, a short period of time before um, basically the whole U.S. Internet would have to comply with California's law. And... Um, I, I had a, I published a piece last week in Huffington um, Post about it um, because I, I f- for a number of reasons I, I find it very troubling. Um, regardless of whether or not you, you advocate an opt-in or an opt-out standard um, and whether you advocate that consistently or whether for certain types of information opt-in's okay, for others opt-out's all right um, – I, the California initiative process is a broken system. Um, you know, the the economists recently said that um, you know, Proposition Thirteen um, dramatically changed California, and that um, not only did it change it in terms from a revenue point of view, when Proposition Thirteen was the proposition and um, passed in nineteen seventy eight that um, limited. Um, property tax in, uh, increases um, impose a limit on the, the rate at which um, property taxes assessments could be increased. And it started really the whole kind of anti-tax fervor in the U.S. It was really a, a political um, earthquake when it happened. And, um, but the, and, so, and, that, and California has lived with that. Um, for some time in that it's, it's been somewhat of a limitation. They've had uh, a two-thirds requirement, for example, to pass certain measures, and, um, and which has created a total gridlock. And they've also seen a, a decline, really, in uh, the stature of the state as a, a state that once had the best public um, university system in the country, the one had the best, you know, basically the best p- public infrastructure of any state in the country, has slowly seen its, its crown jewels decline. And uh, a frequent word heard out here is called the mystification of um, California. But aside from that, 
um, influence. Um, there's been another influence in uh, that Proposition 13 had, and that is that it um, turned um, the initiative process into a circus. Everyone realizes that that's where um, the real money was. That's where you can um, you can get you could basically get around the legislature, which is what was the original intent actually of the proposition system because the legislature was controlled by the railroads and basically you know the corporate barons of the day. Whereas then today, it's the opposite. The, the, the corporate barons of the day are using the initiative process to get around their, the publicly elected officials. And um, so the economist points out that Proposition 13 um, changed the initiative process from a safety valve to an industry and a circus. And you know, since 2000, um, California voters have been presented with 75 ballot measures. You know, we're one of the, we have one of the highest rates of um, voting on ballot measures and about half of them are constitutional amendments, and um, there's, these aren't necessarily constitutional me- constitutional measures, but they're being added on to um, the Constitution just to make it more difficult to remove. And um, California has the third longest Constitution in the world for that reason, and so we've created this process where um, you know, people are asked to decide sometimes very complex issues. And um, with very little deliberation, with very little information, and um, and then if it fails, sometimes they're asked to decide the same issue would matter a couple of years later. Um, the problem I have with the um, peace initiative here is that um, it doesn't. There are a lot of details that aren't spelled out, and so how will that be spelled out? That will be spelled out through litigation, and so basically, um, this initiative is a handcuffing. Um, California's internet industry and uh, and anyone involved in the you know, commerce and data um, to years of litigation while this issue gets figured out. Um, and, and if this was done statutorily, there would be you know, more details and um, you know some legislative history explaining what some of the terms meant and how it was to be implemented. Um, there's often um, a provision in legislation called safe harbors. And a safe harbor is um, so if you follow these procedures, if you take reasonable measures to prevent a violation, well, if, if you can show you did that, we'll limit your damages to X or Y. Um, or in sometimes you know, we'll, we'll, we'll eliminate your liability altogether. Um, and here, none of that is just a, 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 an absolute black. It's either black or it's white. And there's either liability or there's not. And there's not a whole lot of guidance as to how this should be resolved. And um, so as a matter of principle, I just think you know, California's uh, niche system is is completely out of whack. Um, we've disregarded, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said the initiative process is is not meant to be um, inconsistent with the legislative process. The two are meant to work hand in here. And we're here, we, we, we've, we've created a system where um, we just we allow you know individuals to legislate on things they know nothing about. Um, there's a reason why you have legislators. You know, there's a reason why you have you invoke their expertise. It doesn't mean there isn't some things where that are suitable for ballot measures. I just don't think this is it. Um, you know, the internet has always been regulated. Um, the saying goes um, with a light touch. There's a lot of nuance involved. This involves technology, and um, you know this is not does not lend itself well to this type of approach. And so I, I encourage you to take a look at 
um, the piece on Huffington. Um, and um, in, in addition, it, it still has to go through a process whereby the Attorney General approves it um, as it's written, and, uh, and then they have to get about 800,000 signatures. Um, but all it takes in California to amend your constitution is a majority vote. And so um, this could be on the ballot next November. And uh, we'll, we will see, but I, it is a troubling development, and um, and in particularly in California, that they might endanger, you know, the internet, you know, which is so critical to its economy, by handcuffing it with a measure like this. So um, we're going to take a short break, uh, but when we come back, we're going to jump right into our travel segment uh, with two renowned um, travel writers um, after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. This mantis I keep hearing about. Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcasts at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows, past and present, like SEO 101, Affiliate Buzz, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Read through our blog for continuous industry news and programming updates and socialize with us through all of our social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and YouTube. Download the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, a must-have for every internet marketer on Earth. Download it now. 
from the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store today. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. And this is our special travel segment. Um, I feel like we should have cued in some airplane noise, but in any event, um, we have with us um, two distinguished travel writers. Um, one actually is an award-winning writer with Huffington Post, um, Andre Vache, and um, another is a classmate of mine who is a, um, a works in the industry and is a blogger. Um, with a quite royal moniker that I'll let her, let her share with you, and that is um, Benet Wilson. Um, Benet, you're with us. I am. I'm very uh, happy to be here, Ben. And Andrea, are you with us? I'm here too, and I'm thrilled to be here. And um, wow, this is great. And so, um, why don't we just start off with the top? And that you know, for a lot of people, you know, when they go to travel, they go to the web. And uh, I guess, you know, my question for you is, um, you know, there's there's obviously uh, reports as who has what market share, but where do you guys go? Benet, do you want to start? Oh, yes. Um, I always, my favorite site is Kayak. Um, I like it because it gives me so many different options. Um, They have um, a basic and a pro app for the iPhone. And it pretty much covers all of the carriers except Southwest Airlines. That is true. I noticed that. that that's the one absence. Now, uh, Andrea, you have a different um, preference. Yeah. You know, I mean, I use the web a lot. Um, I love websites that are about travel, like Fathom Away. I don't know if you guys know Fathom. Yes. It was started by uh, one of the gals from Daily Candy. Um, I, I use a lot of websites, um, Seat Guru, Hotel Tonight. I don't know if uh, our li- listeners know about this. I use a lot of apps like Viber when I'm traveling, which allows you to make, um, w- if you have an iPhone, it allows you to make phone calls over the Wi-Fi for free anywhere in the world. Um, but as far as booking, I don't. I use a travel agent. I have a, you know a fabulous travel agent, and I find that she does the work for me for a minimal fee. Um, I don't have to be bothered sitting at my computer and booking. And, uh, you know, occasionally I'll go to a site uh, like Mobissimo, which is like Kayak, just to check out the prices to make sure that she's in the ballpark. But she's been able to get me better deals than I've been able to get myself on the web. Now, you know, does that matter? Is it make a difference whether you're, you're going to New York or whether you're going to Dubai? Will you still use a travel agent? Um, if I'm going to New York, you know, I will because I like to travel business class and it's not as simple <laughs> as just going on Virgin and, uh, um, uh, you know, I like to use miles to upgrade. So I don't, I don't you know, I, I, I'm not thrilled about going to do that for myself because if I'm going to use miles to upgrade, it's going to be a half an hour to an hour for me to get that ticket in order and I'd rather pay her you know, the small fee that she takes in order to do that. That's pretty good. Now, um, Benet, what do you think about that? 
I, I'm just amazed. I mean, I, I, your, your travel agent sounds amazing. I didn't she know is. that there were still travel agents doing domestic ticketing. I mean, everyone that I know has slid over into specialized travel or high-end business class, first class travel. So, I mean, I, I, I pretty much book everything on, 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 the, on the interwebs these days. Yeah, well, no, uh, go ahead. In spending like $25 to $50 above and beyond for the service, there are travel agents that still do this and they're happy to make the extra bucks. You know, I, you know, I, I know for international travel, for example, you know, our, my honeymoon, we, uh, we used this Italian woman who specialized in, you know, in Tuscany and we were actually her last customer. And, uh, um, you know, we got places, for example, we went to this one inn that we were the only people at that inn that didn't have Karen Brown's guide. And so you know, she was able to find it that uh, is something that only Karen Brown had found, and um, and I, I know in um, Greece uh, I knew there was someone I used to refer people to who just specialized in um, the Greek islands, and you know when it's it's something like that niche I, I can see definitely see the value. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I absolutely agree, Ben. Um, there are travel agents out there. So if you're looking for a specific type of vacation or a specific luxury level, those travel agents are worth their weight in gold because, you know, they go to these places, they have these connections, and they can get you experiences that you're not going to get just booking by yourself. Oh, okay, but for instance, Eileen, my travel agent, this is what you, when I went to Maui, um, I called her and I said, okay, listen, I'm going to be renting a car in Maui. Should I rent it through you and you can get the commission? She said, I'll do better than that. I'll get you a better deal than you can get. And she actually rented the car through Europe Car, sent me a voucher, and it was cheaper than I could have gotten myself online through Enterprise. Naturally, you would get a car in Maui through Euro Car, huh? Well, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> something that's not obvious, but to her it's obvious. I hope she. I hope you had better luck than I did. I had a car in Maui that was um, had a GPS that was suicidal. It had us going a mile into the Pacific. But um, so uh, we had we posted a little um, you know, survey um, for listeners to to kind of vent on their views on terms of airlines and airports and you know hotels in certain cities. And uh, but I, I kind of just since you know, we have you for a short time, we just let you guys um, kind of vent um, you know, what what or shout out what what airlines or hotels and uh, or you know programs you like and that you think listeners should would like to hear about. Benet. Oh, I'll go first. Um, you know, it's an oldie but goodie. When I'm traveling do- domestically, I fly on Southwest because it gets me from point A to point B quickly. And at a good fare. And with the early bird, um, I just pay the extra twelve fifty, and I don't have to sit by my computer twenty four hours in advance, praying that I'll get an A boarding pass. Um, you know, you, is but, Baltimore your main airport? It is. And, uh, and that, I mean, that's a good Southwest airport. Yes, it is. It's a fantastic South there. I can get to most places one stop, and um, other places either. One stop change of planes, or even one stop no change of planes. So it works for me. No, um, um, and internationally, I tend not to fly on U.S. carriers. I, I love you guys, but I'm sorry, you guys' product is not nearly as good as some of the um, international foreign flag carriers, even in in economy. 
And what's your preference there? Um, I'm a big fan of Lufthansa. Um, I also really enjoy KLM, and I would really kill to fly on Qatar or Etihad. I've heard some great things about them, but I have not had a chance to fly on them yet. Andrea? Well, I did fly Emirates. Um, uh, I was comped. Um, I went first class in their um, incredible suites, and that was <laughs> amazing. But I, I'm never going to drop $25,000 for a ticket on my own. Um, you know, flying domestically, I'm a Virgin girl. I love Virgin. If they fly there, that's who I like to fly. Um, and two airlines that I was really happy with lately that I, I discovered um, flying from uh, LAX to Istanbul, Turkish Airlines was amazing. The service was unbelievable. And, uh, and if I was flying anywhere in South America, I would try to at least do part of it on Copa, which is the Panamanian airline. I was just down in Panama and uh, loved the service, loved the, loved the planes of, of Copa Airlines. So that's nope. uh, that's what's on my radar. Copa a- is Copa is a good one, and I, I'm sorry, Ben. I, I have to throw well, in. Ahead. I also a big fan of JetBlue, and I know Andrea that I would be a fan of Virgin America if I've had it, but I haven't had a chance to fly it yet. Oh well, yeah, I, do I try. love the airline. I do. I'm a big fan myself. In fact, um, I I went to Florida for the election. I, I was part of the uh, legal um, voting rights team there. And I flew back election night, you know, while the votes were still being counted. And so I, I found that Obama won while I was watching you know, cable TV, you know, satellite on, on Virgin. And I was able to immediately order champagne and have it delivered to my, um, to my chair and then take a picture and load it on Facebook. All, all on Virgin, and um, but I, I, I love the kind of hipness. I tell people it's like flying the W Hotel, <laughs> and and I joke that they shouldn't have gates; they should have rope lines. Really, and also your picture was probably very flattering because of the fantastic lighting on Virgin. Yes. Benet, it's it's kind of purplish. It's uh, it's very low stress lighting. Yes, I've seen the pictures. I'm going to fly on them soon. I promise. Good. So uh, now, um, what, are there any uh, are mileage programs? Are there really are any that really stand out one versus the other, or are they all pretty much the same these days? Well, I just got a, an offer and uh, it grabbed my attention. Capital One, a credit card, one point two five miles per dollar. I haven't seen that offered. Have you, Benet, seen anything like that? It's usually one for one. Exactly. I have not. Um. I know that a lot of people, um, a lot of my friends love um, the Delta Sky Miles American Express. And then I have friends who are just rabid about the Starwood, Starwood preferred um, Amex. Mm. Yeah, I've been a Delta Sky Miles Amex for years. And, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's okay. I, I it's, What can I say about it except that recently I did book a ticket myself through United's um, website and it just seems so much easier to book a reward ticket than through Delta. Now, have any of you flown these um, 
I call them Airbuses, not in the manufacturing term, but they're actually, you know, they're, the service is akin to a bus system. Spirit Airline? No. I'll tell oh. you what. Um, it will be a cold day in hell before you see me on Spirit. <laughs> that being said, that being said, they have a niche. I mean, they if do. you want to deal, if you want to get very low fares and you want to go through all the rigmarole to avoid all the fees that they charge, then it can be a good option for you. I will never do that. It's, it's too much trouble for me. I, I sat next to a woman. She um, was like $19 to Vegas. All she brought was, you know, her purse and, and a small bag with an overnight clothes. And uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was a steal in that way. But um, so a lot of our listeners are, are in the tech community and tech communities tend to have trade shows and take you to places like New York, Washington, um, Vegas a lot, um, L.A. or um, San Francisco. And so do you have any tips there or any places to stay or um, you know, insights on traveling in those areas? Which area are we talking about first? Well, um, let's start with, let's do um, geographically New York. Okay, New York. Um, are you talking about hotels in New York? That, yeah, let's that, talk about uh, New York, you know, hotels in New York. Um, I, well, first of all, I, I have to say, I can't, um, you know, this website called Hotel Tonight, you can, you can get deals on hotel rooms starting at noon the same day. Wow. So if you're on a budget, I would, and they're going after a lot of, so far, you know, you can't get the Four Seasons or the Ritz-Carlton yet, but you can get some pretty groovy boutique hotels. So um, I would say, you know, check that out, definitely in New York. But two hotels that I really like, maybe if you're taking the spouse and you want to upgrade a little, there's, if you want to be close to Central Park, the Mark Uptown, and Robert De Niro's hotel, the Greenwich Hotel, downtown in Soho. Love both of those properties. And I'm with Andrea about hotels tonight. Um, it is an app. It is a great one. I have used it, and I have never had a bad hotel. And they're they're usually upscale kind of boutique hotels. Um, in New York, I'll tell you what I usually do is I go on Hotwire.com, um, mark off the areas I want to go to, and then when they give me, you know, because they don't tell you until after you've bought it what it is, but I go over to a website called Bid bid goggles and put in the information and nine times out of ten they can tell me which hotel it's going to be what is that what bid goggles b-i-d goggles i have to give a shout out to my uh-huh. friend sean o'neill who's the travel editor for bbc news who told me about that one that's okay. a great one i'm going to check that out definitely now what about airbnb everyone's talking about that and they recently had a lawsuit in new york um, is that de- desirable or you know, it's just a different – if you were looking for a different type of place or um, – Well, you just reminded me something about New York. You know, I have, um, I have a place in New York and um, occasionally I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll have people come and stay there. And I would never use something like Airbnb. Well, first of all, um, uh, it just seems – I don't know. For my own place, I 
maybe I'm too old school for that, but I do have a friend who has a place in New York. I'm going to give a shout out to her called At Home in New York. And it's someone that I can actually vouch for that runs a little boutique operation that has a lot of cute um, places. But Airbnb, I don't know. It's What do you think, Benet? Well, I mean, I've heard good and bad. I've gone on there and searched for um, places in Orlando, New York City, and Paris. And what I saw looked nice, but... Again, you know, it to me, it's a little unproven, and there are too many people who I know have used it who have had not such good experiences. So the, I think the jury is still out for me on that one. Yeah, but on the other hand, I have used um, VRBO, Vacation Rentals by Owner. Mm-hmm. I've had only fabulous experiences with them, and they are kind of proven, and, uh, and people seem to really like their properties. Okay, yes, let's, that one has a good reputation, too. Let's jump south. Uh, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., where Binet excelled in college. <laughs> Take that, <Binet>. Oh, <laughs> you know, I love Washington. I um, went there for college and pretty much never left. Uh, my favorite, and, you know, it's kitschy, but I love the W Hotel um, because, you know, the views from there are spectacular. They have a really nice... Uh, rooftop bar. Um, I'm a big fan of the Mayflower um, down on Connecticut Avenue. And Great people gonna, watching during the yes, inaugural. Exactly. And if you're going to get boutique the Hotel Palomar is a good one. And any of the hotels run by Kimpton, I, I, I just love that chain. Oh, okay. And I, uh, yeah, say- I love the Helix there. I, I spent there a lot of time there. But go ahead. I, I would say... I mean, if you can afford it, the Four Seasons on Pennsylvania Avenue, because if you want the best people watching in Washington, the health club at the Four Seasons, everybody uses it. And it, it, that is a good point. I, I hung out at the bar at the Four Seasons last time I was in D.C., and I made so many contacts there. So we only have a few minutes left. Um, ladies, why don't you each, if you have a shout-out or a plug you want to make, or one last tip, um, just if you can do it in two minutes, that'd be great. Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, go ahead, Andrea. You, you, you okay, already well, had the wind up. <laughs> I, you know, I don't have anything that I want to plug um, except read my blog on the Huffington Post, Andrea Vaucher. Um, but um, I, these are, certain, you know, favorite wows, like New England in the fall. You have got to spend time in New England in the fall. These are the places that I, I think people should not miss. Um, of, if I only had two places in the world that I could keep returning to, they would be France and Italy. And if you're going to Australia, most people go to Sydney and Melbourne. Do not make that big trip to Australia without going to South Australia, outside of Adelaide, the Barossa, Kangaroo Island. Amazing places. And, of course, Tahiti and Africa, Safari. It's everything you've read about. Benet? Oh, my wow vacation. I mean, you know, I, I absolutely adore Paris, and I know it's cliche, but there's so many things to do there. Um, I love Bali. I think the landscapes are absolutely gorgeous. And right here in the good old U.S. of A., I love Sedona, Arizona. Um, The hill country um, above um, San Antonio in Texas. And um, down south, anywhere going south from Charleston down to Savannah. Beautiful country. Lots to see. 
Well, I, I'll before anything, I'll just give a couple of shout outs. I like, you know, Obama you know, was in Martha's Vineyard this week. And, you know, another beautiful island right below is, is my hometown uh, in Block Island, Rhode Island, which uh, is a very quaint little island. And But right nearby is Newport, which I think is one of the most beautiful places on the East Coast. And another place nearby, Ubenay, is the Outer Bank. I just think, you know, it's pristine beaches there and wild horses running on the beach. It's a real beautiful place. So, But I want to thank both of you, um, such talented and resourceful writers and talent pro and travel pros. Um, it's been great having you. Um, I'd love to do this again. This has been very insightful. And um, we didn't get to cover all the cities. We hope to, but um, maybe next time. So everyone, Andrea, Benet, thank you. Um, and um, there are infos on the blog. And, um, and uh, Andrea, what was the name of your travel agent? My travel agent. Her name, well, it, it, it would be, I guess, can, can people email you? Yes, they can email me and I'll give yeah, it to Let you. them email you and I'll give you her information. Her name is Eileen Fergang and she she works out of a home office in Fort Lauderdale. She's semi-retired, but she'd be happy to help anybody out. She's, she's absolutely terrific. Someone semi-retired in Florida? Um, any event, I want to thank all of you. I want to thank our guests. And I want to thank all of you for joining us. Um, we'll be back again um, with another Cyber Law and Business Report um, right here on Webmaster Radio. Court is adjourned. Um, download our mobile app so you can take me to lunch. And um, we'll see you next time. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center in the heart of Santa Monica. Um, have a good one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.